From Connext Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. Atlanta Born and Brand is a show all about businesses that are being built right here in the capital of the South. But more importantly, it's a show about their founders. We wanted to find some of the city's most interesting entrepreneurs and creators, hear about their challenges, successes, and how they built a brand that will last. But more importantly, we want to introduce these founders, brands, and businesses to the city they live in, their neighbors, to make sure Atlanta and the brands they call it home can thrive for generations to come. A huge part of the growth and evolution in this city has come from its great festivals. From music to culture to food, almost every neighborhood in Atlanta has something to offer festival goers. Today we are talking with Teresa Finley and Rhiannon Clee of Irish Fest Atlanta. They both have a wealth of experience in the business world, but we wanted to talk with them about taking that experience and infusing it into a growing festival that can appeal to Irish Atlantans and the city at large. It's our pleasure to welcome Teresa Finley and Rhiannon Clee of Irish Fest Atlanta. First, welcoming you. Thanks for being here. But also, I want to hear about both of your backgrounds a little bit before you formed the dynamic duo that is uh, Irish Fest 2019. So, Teresa, if you want to get us kicked off, tell me about uh, just sort of your career background and what sort of led you to, to this point. Oh, great. Um I am a, a former chief marketing officer, financial person at uh, UPS. Mm-hmm. I'm retired, sort of. Uh, Great Atlanta company. Yeah, a little yeah. while ago, and I'm currently doing senior advisor work with Boston Consulting Group okay. and serve on a couple of fantastic boards here in Atlanta, the Fern Bank uh, History, uh, Natural History Museum, yeah. along with the Rogers Art Council, the Annie E. Casey Foundation, and, of course, Irish Fest Atlanta. Excellent. And I got going on this because this is deep into my family roots, uh, music and Finley dance. Finley is Irish? You don't say. Mm-hmm. Finley is Irish. Um, it's it's more Irish as Dowling or Mulligan, my parents' <laughs> names. Um, but yes, we are uh, first generation Irish, uh, Irish American in my yeah. family. My parents born and raised in Ireland. And um, wow. big family of uh, traditional Irish music and dance all the way to now my son, who's uh, the next generation of Irish music wow. uh, coming up with some of his cousins. Uh, nice. So it's a big big passion of ours in our family. I started Irish Fest Atlanta with a small group of volunteers about six years ago. Mm. And this will be our seventh Irish Fest Atlanta. And we've grown a little bit every year. And uh, last year we decided uh, if we were really going to grow into what people think about as a festival, we were mm. going to have to make a move and get some professional help sure. where Apollo Concepts come in uh, to help us this year. Um, but that band of volunteers, uh, uh, several are still um, with us uh, all six years, um, mostly musicians and parents of young musicians at the time that really wanted to bring uh, the best of Irish traditional music and dance and song uh, language classes into Atlanta for our own young people to learn and to 
build relationships with Irish musicians right. that uh, they would see in their travels across the world. And that has been phenomenally successful. Uh, those same young people, those 10-year-olds uh, back in the day are now college-bound and high school-bound, and they come back to perform. They come back to volunteer. And uh, we, we think even a few will step up and uh, be volunteers and maybe run Irish Fest someday. That's awesome, and we'll come back to much more about Irish Fest, but Rhiannon, tell me a little bit about your background. You have a very sort of uh, Atlanta-centric story yeah. and worked for, for one of the staples in, in Atlanta music, that is. Um, yeah, it is all Atlanta-centric uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So I, I moved here about 13 years ago, which was crazy. Okay. Where, um, where did you grow up? I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. So I moved here, just new opportunity. Um, yeah. I had some friends who live I mean I still have them as friends but they've since moved away from Atlanta and I now consider Atlanta my home when I go back to Dayton I get homesick for Atlanta so I guess that <laughs> means this is my home yeah. um, so moved here uh, told myself I was gonna give uh, give myself some time before I kind of jumped into finding a job just to learn the area and I think maybe two weeks in a friend of mine let me know that there was a open position at Eddie's Attic hmm. and knowing um, that I'm a huge fan of music and um, yeah. so I went and applied it was for a box office position box office manager and um, was hired on the spot by Eddie Owen and uh, the owner at the time Bob Eflin and worked in the box office for a long time noticed they could use some help in the marketing department hmm. so helped develop their marketing um, became the marketing director and then um, Eddie kind of took me under his wing and taught me some of the booking aspects of it yeah. and so um, I helped bring in some, you know, now big name artists like the Lumineers um, and some lots of others. But um, and then once Eddie moved up to Red Clay up in Duluth, uh, I went up there with him and and was the talent buyer up there for about four years. Yeah. Um, and during that time, um, I became acquainted and and joined the, the the ranks over at ATL Collective, which is now a newly formed. It's been sort of a for-profit company that was founded uh, in 2009 and we recently just became a nonprofit um, actually last year um, so I've been working with ATL Collective for a long time as program director and then partner and now yeah. I'm back to program director because when a company switches to nonprofit those <laughs> partnerships dissolve so now I'm yeah. back to just a regular old program director but it's it's a wonderful it's a challenge um, but it's a wonderful one and I think our mission and vision are lofty but definitely attainable um, so and then through all of that um, I started my own company um, about 16 months ago called Apollo Concepts and it's basically um, I'm mainly by myself I have a couple of other people that work with me a production team and then designer um, and we pull together um, you know basically production and programming marketing anything that you might need to um, host any kind of music event um, or festival. Yeah. So we're, we're a full stop, actually. We offer everything from web design. Um, and the area that I specialize in is programming and production, hmm. and then some marketing, too. Excellent. So yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, you're not busy at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really cool. And uh, re Eddie's Attic developed this reputation over the, year, over the years of being this place of exactly what you said mm -hmm. where 
um, you could see kind of the next generation of musicians, whether they're from Atlanta or whether they're just passing through. But I don't know if it was Eddie or someone involved there just had a great year for talent. How did that experience of working in a place like that sort of, um, what did that do for your mindset of what you wanted to do uh, down the line in your career? And, and how did Eddie's Attic sort of influence you oh, going forward? Well, uh, to put a finer point on it, 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 it totally changed the trajectory of my life. Wow. Um, that might sound dramatic, I don't know, but um, <laughs> you know, I, my degree is in dietetics. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always, always, always yeah. loved music. As you can tell, my name is named after a Fleetwood Mac song. And so my dad owned a couple of record shops. So music was always in my life. I just didn't know or realize um, that it was something that I could actually have a career in. Yeah. So I don't take it for granted for a single moment. Uh, hugely thankful and grateful for being able to have, to have a career and, and a pretty successful one at that. Um, and... Furthermore, I would say that I thought I knew good music until I started working at Eddie's. Yeah. And just being exposed to all these different musicians like Jason Isbell, um, the Lumineers, um, Rising Appalachia, and I mean, I could go on and on and on. But yeah. there were so many that I became acquainted with, and, and there are some that are now my very dear friends. And, and um, I would say that even ATL Collective, which is a huge you know feather in my cap and crown jewel in, in, my, in my career, um, was born from places like Eddie's Attic, where it, there's a really unique moment between music fans and, and the musicians that is like, it's so hard to find now. Yeah. So that, in a nutshell, is, is, <laughs> is no, the, the importance cool. of, of Eddie's Attic uh, just in my yeah. life personally. But I know just by having worked in, in an environment like that for over 10 years that it has uh, very much influenced the um, trajectory and and um, of of a lot of musicians. Yeah, like it's, countless actually. It's, it's funny how we can go into something that we think is is a job, you know, just a job. Maybe it's something yeah. we're gonna do mm-hmm. for a little while, and it can just sort of make us turn left in a different direction. So no, that's a cool story, Teresa. Uh, catch me up on what Irish Fest has sort of been for the first six years and what went into the decisions to sort of um, not necessarily move in another direction but look to grow Irish Fest and and partner with somebody like Rhiannon and and trying to do that. Yes, um, so Irish Fest, core to its mission, is really about, for us, um, promoting the traditional Irish music and dance of Ireland. And core to what we do today, as we did day one, is to offer workshops and concerts and this, uh, you know, the sessioning of music with great musicians. Um, so that's our core. And then as we started to grow, we little by little added in different other parts of our culture to attract a broader audience. Not everybody is a traditional Irish musician lover like sure. uh, some of us uh, on the board and, and in our smaller community. But many people want to know more about their Irish culture or they want to know about the Irish culture, period. So that includes, uh, you know, a lot of uh, other different things and, um, you know, featuring the Gaelic uh, Athletic Association, for Mm -hmm. example, to understand a little bit more about the Irish sport or to bring in people to hear um, the... uh, 
general uh, consulate general speak about Irish issues in the form of a tea where we showcase homemade Irish breads and brown breads, which are obviously very popular in Ireland. And, you know, even a whiskey tasting. Uh, We've got fabulous whiskey tasting um, lined up this year, partnering with the Whiskey Project, where we'll um, be uh, showing off, you know, wonderful Irish whiskeys. So something for everybody, even for the young people. A little bit of face painting, a little bit of uh, teaching of of the dance or put a whistle in somebody's hand. So just trying to make it family oriented, but something for everyone to come. So um, we held the Irish Fest in a hotel Mm -hmm. for many years. And um, that worked well for us because a closed knit group of Irish musicians hanging out Playing all night long was, you know, wonderful. Um, but we'll, we weren't really growing, you know, the general attendance. People sure. don't think about coming to a hotel for a festival. Right. Um, and we, you know, we wanted to, we didn't have the flexibility, frankly, to do the kinds of things that we want to do in the future, to expand our programming, to include more interesting, you know, more lectures, more um, special events, uh, you know, around the food of Ireland and different things like that. So, um we knew we needed to make a change, and a good friend of the Irish community had introduced me to Ryan, <laughs> Reese's husband, and he <laughs> helped us with a little PR, and last year he said, you need to meet my wife, and uh, that's how our connection with Apollo uh, came to be, uh, because we were going to make this kind of a change. Uh, I need some help. Yeah. we got a great group of volunteers. They work very hard. Um, but it's not their number one priority. Sure. It's not, you know, it's two, three, you know, down below family and career mm-hmm. and, and other, you know, life events uh, of many nature. And so to get there, we, we definitely needed to tap some, some extra help. And uh, this has been an amazing yeah. um, relationship with, uh, with Reed um, this year. We wouldn't be where we are today without um, that kind of support. And we look forward to a long, <laughs> long-term relationship with Apollo going forward. But we went to, uh, we, we, we spent a lot of time looking at, uh, with Reed's help, a lot of different venues, outdoor yeah. spaces, um, where we could have indoor and outdoor, so we didn't have the risk of the whole festival being due to the weather, Mm -hmm. keeping our concerts and our workshops and things like that as core to what we do. Um, So we ended up in uh, choosing historic uh, Roswell. Um, You know, it got down to, you know, several things. We we like some other spaces a lot as well. Um, But at the end of the day, you walk down Canton Street. And frankly, you walk down Canton Street and you can walk down um, a street in Ennis, a small town in Ireland, or medium-sized town in Ireland, or a number of small towns, and you're walking down shops, where shops and pubs and restaurants, and you can imagine, you know, a festival growing with all the young people with their fiddles on their back and their, you know, walking with their concertinas because they've come from a workshop and they're off to play, you know, in in one of the uh, establishments there on Canton Street, and they'll catch the concert at night. So we could visualize this world that seemed a little bit more like uh, what we all experience in Ireland when we go there for festivals, for music festivals. So um, this is our first year. It's not without a few little challenges here and there, but um, we've got some great partnerships uh, with the Gate City uh, Brewing Company, with the historic Roswell Cottages, 
and especially uh, our good friend uh, Sean McGrary, who's the owner of the Gaslight, uh, who's always has been a major sponsor and and um, will be using their venues and newer partners coming on just this last weekend, Tap and Six and the Whiskey Project and. So we're seeing deep roots. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, don't let me forget anybody. <laughs> no, you they have all been <laughs> great to deal with, and um, they're excited about you know what what our vision is yeah. for growth down the road. And it's great to have these these wonderful partnerships there in historic Roswell. And that really, Re and her team. That's that's really where they helped us uh, get to where we are at this mm-hmm. point. Re, I wonder if you can expound just on what the opportunity. <clears throat> In your eyes, what are what are the biggest opportunities that moving the, the event now to historic Roswell are going to provide? And I'm sure they you might be surprised by a few opportunities or some challenges that that, that presents. But what are you most excited about in transitioning this from from a hotel to uh, to that new setting? Well, I think uh, the biggest opportunity I saw was to um, to move it to a locale that kind of harkens back to, you know, small villages you might find, villages, small towns you might find in <laughs> in, in Ireland. Um, and, and as to Teresa's point, you know, when you walk down Canton Street, you know, there's a very, like a huge community feel, especially like, you know, after yeah. four or five o'clock, everybody is out and, you know, everybody knows each other. And right. um, we had a very warm welcome um, by a lot of the city hall folks over there. And we looked at about five uh, different locations and, and everybody sort of honed in on, on Roswell and that's what we went with. And I think another huge opportunity is, is the growth potential. They do have a lot of green spaces there. Um, particularly those that are great for uh, for concerts and, and for for larger scale events. There's yeah. obviously the uh, cultural arts center there, and so it was a place where we could start. Uh, and the scale of this year's festival is by no means small necessarily, but where we could start where we needed to this year and then grow into a, a larger footprint. And this right. was all of all of the boxes were checked with uh, historic Roswell. So mm-hmm. I think that's that is like the biggest area uh, of, of growth there is is that it, it was a place where in five or six years, you know, we could continue to grow it. And maybe yeah. one day we'll be taking over Canton Street and the whole downtown area and we've got Gaelic Storm and Dropkick Murphys, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but, but in, in all seriousness, I, I think that there's that in even a you know, handful of more years, we, we could see this being um, a festival that is recognized uh, regionally and nationally yeah. too, because uh, you know there's there's a large mu- uh, Irish festival that happens up in Nashville that's pretty popular, and mm-hmm. so that's you know we uh, without losing you know the cultural aspects of it, you know like maybe getting some larger bands, things like that. So, yeah. and Roswell, uh, I think is definitely the spot for that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I-, I wonder if you guys in if, if it's a different scenario and, and you didn't take anything from, from other festivals, that's fine. Just let me know. But Atlanta has become such a hotbed for festivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, just at the yeah. Candler Park Music Festival, um, I guess a couple months ago now. A great time. Obviously, you know, Music Midtown has been huge forever. Um, each little neighborhood now seems like they have their festival. Um, and moving into Historic Roswell now, you guys kind of are... I guess adopting more of a, a similar type feel of 
you know, not confined to a, to a ballroom or a, a series of rooms, but something a little bit more open. What can you learn or, or what have you taken from some of those other festival experiences uh, maybe that you've seen around town that, that you think can really benefit Irish Fest? Well, I'm going to uh, let Bree talk on around town more because I think she's got a deeper experience. I, I tend to take a look at the other Irish festivals that have been successful. Sure. Um, and there's so many, you know, in the U.S. that um, from from small week-long workshops to big blockbuster, you know, weekends yeah. like Milwaukee Irish Fest, uh, where I grew up uh, in that festival. Um, and I try and think how, how can we really properly stay true to our mission on the traditional side of the Irish music and dance and, and overall culture, but also appeal to a broader audience of some right. of the younger bands coming in that may not be so traditional. And how do you make all that work and still yeah. have these amazing workshops for um, for our musicians to hone their skills and, and advance their skills, or at least to you know, gain these relationships with these world-class Irish musicians, but also build it out so that the average person who wouldn't even think about traditional music might say, oh, Irish yeah. Fest, oh, look at this band, and come out and and have a few uh, beverages and, and, you know, get into the community and learn a little bit more about the culture and keep them with us and help support um, the growth of the festival. So part of it is just trying to figure out those two things and, and I think it's just going to continue to be a learning process for us yeah. on how to do that. You mentioned beverages, mm -hmm. something that's very important to the Irish community. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what somebody coming to Irish Fest 2019 can expect from, from whether it's a um, you know traditional food perspective mm -hmm. or or drink. What's uh, if I have never been there? What can I expect when I come up to Irish Fest? So this year. Um, we're offering a great deal of free programming um, in the Gate City Brewing area where we'll have a stage that will have nonstop step dancing and other performances all day long and another stage next to it where we'll have uh, many of our local musicians, uh, their groups, uh, a number of groups that are established here in Atlanta will be playing, so kind of back and yeah. forth in a beautiful outdoor area um, with a, a Beverage uh, beverages uh, um, made available for um, purchase by the Gate City, um, but it really is all about that experience. And um, four of the um, dance schools here in Atlanta will be performing. Yeah. Uh, these are top-notch Irish step dancing schools, um, world-class, you know, performers and competitors. So that'll be very exciting. Um, so showcasing that side and showcasing the music in an environment where you have a beverage and sit down and hopefully in the sunshine the yeah. second weekend in November. Um, and then there'll be other special events in different places around the Roswell area. So up at the Gaslight, our uh, Consul General will be hosting a talk, uh, our Irish uh, Consul General. Um, Along with that will be uh, an Irish tea. So the tea and the breads and the cakes and, um, again, something for everyone. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the concerts at night, um, uh, all of that will be going on. Friday night is uh, is at the Gaslight, and it features uh, Finn McGill, uh, Andrew Finn McGill Band, um, an amazing group of uh, musicians that will be joining us. And Saturday night will be Cranua. 
uh, Cranua is actually launching an album, um, their album, uh, the Cranua Collective, uh, at Irish Fest this year. So Saturday night will be a good, a great uh, concert at the historic uh, cottages. Cool. Um, so yes, just, yeah. I'm sure there's probably five other things. That <laughs> um, there are some late night jam sessions that will be happening either night, which are Excellent. you know that's where everybody kind of kind of cuts loose a little bit, um, yeah. and you know there'll be lots of Guinness. Um, and whiskey and just everybody jamming with their music or with their uh, their instruments and yeah. I'm sure you can speak more to that but um, but yeah that little kind of cap off each night Friday and Saturday night right and they happen at the gaslight Friday night and then they'll happen at Tap and six. Tap and six yeah. on Saturday night. That's a secret, though. That's, oh yeah, <laughs> you're, 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 hearing, you're hearing it first. What, what you're brand. hearing it first, yes. <laughs> but uh, the yeah. other the other free programming. So uh, a lot of um, teaching of Irish dancing, not you know for kids, step dancing, but for adults. Um, what we call the Kaylee dancing. So more like your square dancing or your other contra dancing. Yeah. That will be taught in the morning up at the cottages. And all afternoon, there will be a free Kaylee. So you come and you learn the Siege of Venice or the Wells of Limerick, and then you get to dance with uh, all the people that come for the dance in the mm-hmm. afternoon. Uh, our own Father O'Reilly Kaylee Band will be playing for the for the dance. That's something not to be missed, too. It's, it's very welcoming to... You know, adults and children, and everybody gets up yeah. and, and and dances and and uh, if you don't scene, n- quite a like, scene. Yeah. And if you don't know your the basic steps, come to the workshop. And even if you don't get to the workshop, come anyway. Everybody's always help help helpful to each other to to move around the dance floor. So sure, Bria, I wonder with your background in in marketing, um, branding a business is hard enough. Um, Branding a festival, especially a festival that's going through so many changes, mm-hmm. is it comes with its own <laughs> level of challenges. What is the story or the the message that that you want to paint about uh, Irish Fest, and 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 how do you kind of pull in those those fringe fringe Atlanta Irish men and women, or uh, just you know festival lovers to come and, and really enjoy that that weekend what are those important things that you have to get across well a lot of it is uh just kind of highlighting the different elements or the different happenings um because like Teresa has said it's um there is something for everyone and it's yeah. it's you know if if you're uh, if you're looking to find a festival that's like Savannah on St. Patty's Day <laughs> don't come to this <laughs> but if you're looking for something that truly um, captures and um, holds the uh, like true Irish culture, then this is absolutely the festival for you. Um, there's a lot of different workshops happening. So I think just kind of capturing that and telling the story because, you know, you can put a schedule up on the website and, you know, but I think, and for like some of the content that we're posting, it's very much like telling a story um, and kind of letting folks know. And and we're also, you know, in all of our marketing efforts, like really targeting folks that are living in Roswell because again, this is a very mu- very much a community event and something for everyone. So we're that's kind of the main uh, the main message at the moment. I know that um, you know we'll continue to refine that as we as we grow, but. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it definitely does. It definitely does. And then last but not least, 
tell me about logistics, guys. If I want to bring the family, um, do I need to get tickets ahead of time? Can I get tickets at the event? Where do I need to park? I know there's a question that Atlantans always love to uh, oh, yeah. ask. What sort of uh, logistic things do you want, want to make sure the audience knows? Well, definitely um, we encourage people to get online um, and sign up for the workshops, the concerts, the Irish tea, the whiskey tasting ahead of time because the pricing will go up a little bit at the door. So um, if you're planning ahead, um, please please go online and, and make your purchases. There's great packages, by the way, for somebody that's going to come Friday Saturday, you know, if you pay for, uh, if you get one package, it might include unlimited workshops, which is a really good deal. So take a look at those packages. Other than that, there's a lot of free programming. And if the last minute, you know, somebody wants to, um, hey, I should just go down to this, come on down, there'll be plenty to do and see and, and certainly possibly opportunities on anything that's not filled up to uh, participate there. So just go to our uh, website www.irishfestatlanta.org, and everything is on there. On the parking and all of that, that's always that's been a question we've gotten a few bit a few times. Um, <clears throat> but you know there is some there is a great deal of free parking in the area down by the city hall area. Um, you just have to walk a little bit, but there's enough paid parking for those that uh, want that kind of convenience. Um, we're going to have a map. Um, probably within the next week or so on the website that will show where the each of the venues are so people can get an idea of you know where their workshop might be versus where the gate city is and and to be able to kind of plan ahead on that and it'll identify some of the areas of free parking um but that is you know that's part of the thing about going to an outside festival is yeah. that uh, Atlanta is a busy place no matter where sure. you are and it's a great place to walk though it it's is once you get your parking you know parking yeah. settled you know it's you can walk to everything For sure. and um, you can certainly participate in a lot just by parking for the day yeah and I mean, at most, you know, um, venue to venue, if you were to measure the distance between, you know, the widest or the longest amount that you'd have to walk, it's less than a quarter of a mile. All of the venues are super close to each other. Um, And to Teresa's point, there is a lot of free parking, street parking. There's free parking at City Hall. Um, There's going to be some free parking at the bank close by. Um, so there's a lot of free parking and I think like one paid parking lot's five bucks, Yeah. which in Atlanta, that's nothing on the <laughs> no. weekend for a festival. It's usually like 40, <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, but yeah, so there, there will be a festival map actually this week. We'll have that up and, and ready to go. So Excellent. yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. As Teresa said, check out irishfestatlanta.org for more information. And we will see you November 8th and 9th in Historic Roswell. Special thanks go out to Chris Hilliard, Joshua Pruitt, Mackenzie Bates, and our families who make it all possible. Stay tuned to the show for more stories from the city's top startups and small businessmen and women. You can do that by subscribing in Apple Podcasts or wherever else you happen to be listening. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate a review and a rating. And of course, share it with your friends. Keep up with the show on social media. We're ATL Born Brand on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. Finally, you can find all the previous episodes of the show on our website, atlborn.com. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all soon.